whether you enjoy listening to podcasts or want to record a podcast, Anchor is a pl- perfect platform to start on. Not perfect in the ap- absolute sense, but perfect in the context of ease of use as far as creating the episode. Ease of use as far as discovering new podcasters. People just stepping into the arena of podcasting. I can't think of a better platform to produce a podcast on. In less than two years, I've been able to get my podcast heard on a multiple level, multiple platforms. From Anchor to iTunes to Google Podcasts. I've even landed Life is About More Than Living on iHeartRadio. The last one? That took an application, an application to get on that last platform. Yes, I had to apply to be on iHeartRadio, but now I'm there. And the best platform of all, which is also associated with Anchor, is Spotify. Once your podcast reaches Spotify, you can easily transfer it, transfer it to multiple social media platforms and reach more and more listeners. So I suggest you give Anchor a try if you're considering podcasting. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Somehow I think somehow that thing kicked you. Hold on a second. Somehow that thing kicked you off the system. I don't know how, but I got to get my mic hooked up. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, we good. I can hear you. Can hear me. That's good. Okay. So yeah, I can. Uh, just a brief follow up on. It's been one of those days. Everything I touched this thing came lately. That's okay. Things happen. Uh, yeah. So just a brief follow up on last week. Um, thank you for the platform you shared it on. That's all good. That means everything went out. It's just the numbers and responses kind of low. Um, but that's okay. Okay. It was a heavy subject. Uh, and sometimes they play better two or three weeks later. It's like, yeah. normally on a conversational piece, depends on what the subject is, it averages 10 or more hits within 24 hours. And we're only, okay. up, to like seven, only up to like seven as of this week. But oh, sometimes, wow. however, on the other side of the coin, it allowed um, George, who lives in Vancouver, lives in Vancouver, British Columbia, to okay. get the master messaging system and share his background, his story. So that's why I told you what I told you in the conversation before. And George will be catching this episode at some point too. Probably probably okay. tomorrow morning late tonight. Uh today Wednesday. So it'll be it'll be tomorrow because everything goes up really goes out Thursday. Okay. How far as people getting it. But anyway, uh you kinda caught me kind of I was in the middle of stuff, but, but that's okay because like I said, this afternoon went kind of sideways. Uh, things happen. But back to last week's subject. Briefly, <clears throat> just briefly, we really hit home on a lot of big points dealing with unemployment, African-American community, things of that sort. And because of George, I came to realize that something I overlooked. A lot of people have never met a black person. Do you realize that? No. There's, you know, it's like the lottery. It's, it's a possibility. I mean, you know. We, Some we, people deal with, the <laughs> we, we deal with an international audience outside of our world, yeah. the world in general, a lot of people have not encountered us until late in life. Like George met his first black person, he's 26 years old. Wow. <laughs> but he was raised in iron, behind the Iron Curtain. We take for granted that everybody is of American mindset with a lot of the foolishness we have going on, whereas the rest of the world is far ahead of us. That's why we rank like 30-something in education. If not fifty near the bottom of educational systems around the world. 
Well, you know, in North Carolina, do sometimes when it comes into, I know years ago when I was in school, we were ranked almost at the bottom when it came into yeah. SAT scores. Yeah. And see, in, 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 in the world in general, all the people care about that. So that's what we go back to saying. We think American, but we're not really American. That's the height we're given. Because mm -hmm. in general, we, we have been leaders of the free world because of the military aspect. But everything else... It's based off of, even going back to slavery, it's based off of someone else that makes America look the way it looks. That's yes. the reality. So when it comes down to the world at large, um, being a global global society that we are now, I realize because of the internet, up until this last election, we were actually still leading in a lot of things because the doors of immigration were open. That's a whole other subject for another day. Mm. But the thing is, now for the last three years, we're like pretty much laughing stock as a country, uh, and with the virus hitting, it's even pushing it even more so. Uh, which comes back to we're focused on African Americans. However, the point is that we're not the only black people, and we're only called African Americans. I don't know if you realize it or not, because of what Jesse Jackson did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, Rainbow the Rainbow Coalition created the Rainbow Coalition created the term African American. It was it didn't even exist until just just Jackson ran for president, and yeah, that was, that was back in 80, uh, 84. Yeah, that's when the term was created. <laughs> so African American hasn't even been around that long for the term. Um, yeah, well, 88. Yeah. I was around it was a political statement like "Make America Great Again" was stolen from the KKK in the nineteen hundreds, but all said and done. We're we're doing this podcast. We're we're zeroing in on how it's affecting us here as a people. Well, there yeah. are people around the world that's also listening and paying attention that have encountered some of us on that way, or because in European countries, a little bit, I've had engagement with different people. They're like, what? <laughs> well, I've always I've always looked at um well you know especially what's happening now in the black community COVID nineteen. As yeah. well as the unemployment that is, you know, this this pandemic has really is starting to cause a domino effect. Now, I know that we're thinking about only in America, but one thing I did say about the housing, um, I always like to the housing scandal that happened back mm -hmm. in the early 2000s is mm -hmm. it almost caught it caused a tidal wave mm -hmm. now, because it happened in America. And as I told my friends, I said, hey, it's eventually going to hit over here in Europe and it's going to hit, it's going to be like a major impact. Yeah. And the same thing that's happening now because you're starting to see major companies in which people have security. Now they're starting to demote, they're starting to lay off, they're starting to fire. Because, but they're doing it, it because they're, they're leaving America. They're going to Canada and elsewhere. That's means the domino effect. It's not well, a negative. It's not yeah. a negative for other countries because I was just reading articles yesterday and before. These companies are doing all this stuff here because of the immigration policies. So <laughs> America's not less sending a job elsewhere. The wall that everybody wanted is being built around us. <laughs> oh yeah, and COVID nineteen yeah, is the reason for it. <laughs> yeah, it's being, it's being built around America. <laughs> Nobody wants Americans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we also got to realize, too, that um, it is a, a I had a colleague that was just um, they just actually was 
started working for a cable company, a local cable mm-hmm. company in mm-hmm. North Carolina. I was just ask, asking them how was everything going, you know, how was training, you know, the, the typical mm-hmm. uh, uh, customer service environment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they actually um, told me, they said, well, you know what, they're actually trying to hire 10,000 people because mm-hmm. they did stop subcontracting those jobs internationally. You look mm-hmm. at now um, at my job, uh, whenever I want to call in, Mm-hmm. I have to that job that I mean that calling goes abroad. It goes into maybe I think mm-hmm. yeah. Philippines. So mm-hmm. they're still trying to keep jobs outside of the U.S. I mean they're still training. There's still places in Vietnam, Romania, all parts of Europe and you know far east. But right now with this pandemic, it's it's tough to say that I'm talking to some of my colleagues now, like I did a couple of days ago, and they're saying to themselves, like we don't know. If we're going to have our jobs, we don't, mm-hmm. if we're going to, you know, we're going to get demoted. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you guys work for banks. You guys work for. Again, uh, that, that's the article I read in the business journal. Yeah. The president so it's, wanted it's a, a wall. He got his wall. Okay. He got his wall. American corporations not just doing they have standardized then outsourcing jobs, outsourcing jobs in other countries. They're literally moving to mag- immigration-friendly countries to balk of their operations, which yeah. is creating greater unemployment. And of course, at the very bottom, we always suffer more than anyone else is black people of unemployment. <laughs> uh, yeah. black, black and brown-skinned people, we always get, th- that's the reality. Like we talked about last week, you know, <laughs> what's the old saying, last hire, first fire? <laughs> oh yeah, last hire, first fire, most definitely. So yeah, uh, so, so the impact is being felt globally, but just a couple of days ago, like I said, I wish I, I'm not with my laptop tonight, so I can't bring it to the article. Yeah. Because the immigration policies, Canada is now leading the world. They say, our doors are open. You, you come here. You come here. We, we welcome you immigrants. We welcome corporate corporate America. We welcome everybody here because your president don't want to treat, want to close the doors up to people. <laughs> so come on. Well, yeah. then, uh, we'll ask ourselves this question, though, because, the, you know, it's when we think about, um, and don't want to go too much off a tangent, when we look at countries such as Syria, mm-hmm. that, you know, you have so many refugees. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll I tell anybody, the world is a very big, big place, and it's a beautiful mm-hmm. place, but you can't always unload in other countries because eventually they become overpopulated. Then those jobs that's there become less and less. And that's one thing that um, I think the last time we had, uh, well, there was refugees, you know, it was out of mm-hmm. this, this devastating stuff that happened in Syria. Mm-hmm. We're trying to pick places to put refugees. And even though Canada said, we welcome you here, mm-hmm. if you notice, other countries are like, we can only take a certain amount. We but can't. That, but, and I remember I did speak with someone mm-hmm. and I told him, I said, it's an old saying that if you try to save everybody, you end up saving no one. Here, but here's, now, the, here's the backstory that but, people don't like talking about because it makes them uncomfortable. But they're this is one thing. Because, they're not saying this because of population. They're saying this because of religion. They're, okay. They're saying it because of religion. They're trying to maintain that same purity of race and purity of religion of Christian faith and everything, but Muslims. It's more of an anti-Muslim move than anything else. Because these countries that are, have most of the immigrants are of Muslim faith. That's the part nobody else talks about, which I would love us to do an episode on that where you do your research or whatever. The majority of this immigration stuff is based built around religion, not Population, it's like 
it's like pretty much like us. I, I usually part. I'll, I'll say this because it affects us directly on, in line with the subject. I've all for most of my life, I've associated multiracial places of worship. Okay, mm-hmm. I've heard them. I've heard the conversations. The the Lord. I didn't have four or five babies, and I read the articles because the minorities are outpacing us as far as population. And then along came the Muslim movement and borders of Mexico. Basically, again, another attack on predominantly brown-skinned people. That's the ugly common thread. Predominantly brown-skinned people. Because if you're a Muslim or some, or something, uh, someone else I'm, like, that looks like them, you're more than welcome. <laughs> but you can't. Well, yeah, remember most, most Hispanics in Mexico, they're most Christian, they're of Christian faith. Yeah, that, that's the difference. Of, that's the other side of the coin. But that's why I said it goes layers and layers. They are Catholicism. Catholicism is viewed as the largest sect of Christians on the planet. Yeah, cat, yeah, yeah. So therefore, in Mexico, in Mexico, Catholicism. So that's another reason to ban people, unless your pope authorizes it. I said that's a whole different subject. We can talk about on and on and on, because at the core of all of this, as much as I have my faith. I realize most of these policies are built around religious doctrine to keep the same status quo going that's happening here. Even in Israel, those who repopulated Israel and formed the current nation of Israel look like Netanyahu. They they could pass for Caucasian, whereas those born and bred of the Jewish descent are brown-skinned people. (laughs) But those who rule (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you think about that thing, now, ain't you? It, it, it goes across the board, so it comes right back to us as people of color. We just yeah. had had ours clarified, simplified for four hundred years in this country. Like we going into the virus is packed upon us now. As long as it bothers, as long as it makes black folk weaker, American black folk weaker. We good. <laughs> yeah, but you know, even about the you know the status of the COVID nineteen, you know, you, uh, today they said that the numbers has risen. My only yeah. concern is that why hasn't there been any kind of labels and categories and tabs? I mean, everything else in this world and in America, we always have okay, we have this number of situations, but we have how many percentage it affects blacks, Hispanics, Caucasians, and others. But you know, with this COVID nineteen, you don't see that, especially. The answer, the answer that question is simple. It only has a solid number. Who, who's president? Who's president right now? Oh, of course, it's Trump. Yeah, I mean, and we get that, but that's we don't have numbers. But we're still thinking about we're talking about the state of North Carolina. That's our governor. I mean, our governor. Yeah, even, even, even get down to Cooper. Who who controls who controls the state house? I mean, yeah. Republicans. Yes, the Republicans control the state house, mm-hmm. but remember, you still get the opportunity to control your state. I know so, that Cooper can't control the state as long as Republicans Governor Cooper are having beef against each other right now. Yeah, they, you know, they're really a major conflict of interest, yeah, and it's affecting know. it's affecting a lot of you know the Republican National Convention, and yeah. and a lot of people don't know that mm-hmm. because of the conflict and the the differences between the president of the United States. And our governor of North Carolina is caused that those two, you know, hate to say it, but those do have cross town beef 
Well, but, it's crossing. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. But that's a one on one. But the, the controlling factor is not in Cooper. It's those who he can't. He he veto what they say. They override his veto because we weren't smart enough to let enough Democrats to be in charge of the state house. I'm I'm surprised they allow him to still give his conferences as long as they as long as he do every day. Cause, yeah, because they have the power, and if we don't get a vote in November. They can still have the power. Because <laughs> well, right I mean, now we have to we have to make sure we can get through this, you know, this unemployment. I mean, you know, we're trying to go through every. It's almost like every week it's another phase. It's another phase. It's another phase. And I'm not talking about the phases of the COVID nineteen. I'm talking about the phases of people without jobs, people losing jobs. Now, um, I posted and, and on Facebook I, yesterday that there are over fifty companies hiring right now. There are jobs out here. From LinkedIn, there's an article highlighting all these businesses are hiring. Unemployment rates, that information is what they're giving you. But you go elsewhere, you see the jobs are here. It may not. It's like, I'm going to go back to what you said last week about how, I think we talked about how um, so-and-so will get the training and the job and we won't. You remember that point? Mm-hmm. Go back. The jobs are out here. Yeah, there's tons of jobs. There's tons of jobs out here. I mean, you know, but they, but and this is when it comes into the picky part. You know, they um, you like I said, beggars can't be choosers. Um, cable company hiring. You know, they know they need lots of people. Mm-hmm. Maybe paying around seventeen to eighteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. But then there's people saying, "Man, I'll just rather just stay home and yada yada." I'm like, wait a minute, whoa. whoa, whoa. There's jobs available. So with that unemployment, is it more that you can't get a job or you don't want to get a job? Exactly. Because there's people within this COVID-19 that they're afraid to lose their jobs. Like I said earlier in the podcast, my um, at my job, you know, sometimes my, my company, they do subcontracting and they had this company and it was hiring people. I mean, and that's what you're saying about jobs they were hiring people hey we want you to do this 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 and this mm-hmm. people over hey do you want to come over here and go through training mm-hmm. all of a sudden maybe two and a half months three months later contracts gone then well, at least for two or three yeah. months you have something yeah. coming in though but, but see they were going through training remember training right. takes about 12 weeks yeah i was speaking to i was thinking about one of my colleagues this past weekend and I was just giving a ring. Hey, how's life? How you going through the pandemic? You know, shooting a breeze. And I knew they worked for this company. I said, hey, what's going on with your company? Because, you know, I remember we had like yada, yada, yada. And they said, oh, mm-hmm. we've been having cutbacks, layoffs, demotions, letting people go. I said, why? I mean, you guys are a great company. They said that COVID-19 has made a lot of, and I love to say this, we have a CEO, but remember, behind that CEO are stockholders that run. You know, they mm-hmm. run, and that goes, back to, that goes back to that goes back to what they keep bragging about. Like someone shared today on Twitter, Wall Street doing good doesn't mean Main Street's doing good. Of course, <clears throat> it's, you know, Main, like Street, saying, Main I, Street get Main Street getting laid off, so you can have higher profits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what they're doing. And and then I talked to another person today and I said, well, what's going on with you? You know, people getting irritated, you know, getting yeah, into yeah. you. Like, do you need a soul hug or something? Mm-hmm. And then I said, no, well, we don't know if our jobs are going to, our jobs secure. I said, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? I'm like, nah, and this is the crazy part. 
I just said an insurance company, and now I said, wait a minute, your bank? How in the world? The two tallest buildings in the in the world, no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. And you've been working with them for quite some time. Now you're thinking about layoffs, but then you think about the impact that this this pandemic, the COVID nineteen, has but done. That, to the that goes like, market. That to goes back to what I said earlier. That same yeah. those same articles I read earlier this week. Mm-hmm. They're relocating their infrastructure to Canada and places. Yes, in protest, so we're suffering over here. Now, airlines even having problems. You can't relocate them to Canada. You can't really. I mean, they already have air. Airlines having problems because going back to the the, the initial first COVID relief package, when all the when they got those millions of dollars, who got the money? Trillions. Yeah, millions. You mean trillions? Owners. Only ones giving back is Southwest. Southwest said they would not lay off anyone. An article I read last week. Yeah. Southwest said we got our money and we're not laying off anybody. Okay. But but the other ones, they get their money. They made the fat cats fatter. And to heck with regular working, because <laughs> this next package is going to have even more money for them. <laughs> if the Democrats don't keep blocking it. <laughs> well, the Democrats are the Democrats. Know for sure that this money is not going to be enough. Are the Democrats blocking it because they know that the American people need more? I mean, you know, think about actually, it. they're blocking the number one reason they're blocking it is that double edged sword that you talked about the yeah, yeah, black but... people and people in general. They're blocking yeah. it because they're blocking it, number one, because they think they, they want the $600, was it $600 unemployment? Yeah, extra. Because, that would because, be additional. Okay, they want that to continue coming, even though people are going to do what you said last week, which we know they get it and use it for the wrong reasons. They're at least saying we want it out there in this package. You can't control what people do with it, but we want to make it available to folks. And Republicans yeah, are saying, now, what I they, heard they, they but I did hear today. Huh? I did hear today that they're right now they're talking about at least giving people seventy percent of their unemployment, you know, of their whatever their salary was, their hourly wage was. Yeah, and then an additional two hundred instead yeah, of the six hundred. That's the employment. That's the Republicans' package. That the Democrats are blocking. They want the full yeah. six hundred again, like it was before. And they're like, so but, far they're but, but look at what, huh? Yeah, but look at what it caused. It. I mean, for some people, that was great mm-hmm. if they were wise with the funds, right? And that's the big. That's the big word. Our, our old, old Michelle Ace song yeah. in nineteen ninety. Yeah. On the other side of the coin, <laughs> on the other side of the coin, Democrats are also blocking it for another major reason. Why are you mm. giving billions of dollars to the defense budget when it's not going to the military? It's going to defense contractors. Yeah. Because Wilson got blown. So why this money you give them to the defense can be coming can be covering the six hundred or whatever amount needed for ordinary people. And then, how do is we there, know that there's not a major kickback involved? Remember, yeah, you get something, you get stuff like that. There's always kickbacks. Good but yeah, but whole, my whole thing is, if the Democrats get a kickback and the working class African Americans and everybody else get money to keep sustaining them and keep the lights on, you you take your kickback versus rolling back the unemployment to what you just said the Republicans are trying to do, which I read over and over again. They want to do that, whereas they're not rolling back their salary because of COVID. Oh and, no, they're not. They're gonna get their money. They still out golfing with the president and doing God knows what else with their money. So you saying you can't put the money on the table for the working class people 
at least them. That's, because that's, they're when you get in that part of, and I would say business and politics, mm-hmm. for most people, twelve hundred dollars is is a lot of money. But for mm-hmm. those that know, like for ourselves, that's crumbs. That I don't even know if I can call that crumbs. I can say that if you're eating cookies and you get the little stuff, not the stuff beneath the crumbs. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to salvage that little bit of crumbs, one-time crumbs, twelve hundred dollars, yeah, or hundred dollars, you know, six hundred dollars a week if you're unemployed. And like right. I said, the part is if you're unemployed, if, if you're, you're furloughed, right. yeah, if you're unemployed or you're furloughed. Yeah. And then for some, it could be a come up, but with that come up, you know, you have to play chess instead of checkers with that money. Mm-hmm. You got to. Because that's the smart people who don't want to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, though, and that still plays right back to the, the overall theme of this conversation, where as a black person, African American, whatever type term they want to refer to me as, different ones, or even myself, uh, at the end of the day, if I'm not being, if I don't choose to be fiscally responsible with whatever comes out then I can't blame the government for not giving it out. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Now, yeah, it's easy to beat up and say it's a racial thing, is it that thing? But a lot of white folk, we got to blame their money too. And everybody, Mexicans and everybody else. So, partly on one hand, I, I, it's very small, not even one hand. When the, when the Republican Party said they want to do, what you, do what, what you just said and what I've read over and over again, like the seventy mm-hmm. percent and the two hundred, on one hand that sounds great, but on the other hand, that that barely pays somebody gas money to go to work every week. And then on top of that, they want to give uh, some kind of a uh, rent relief, you know, to yeah. make sure you know, so eviction relief, so people won't get evicted. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay, well, if you're doing all this good good deeds, I like to say, yeah, who's getting the money? Where's that money going? Who's uh-uh. getting that money and, and, and just feel like they're doing? I mean, because come on now, you anybody that sits back and says, "Oh, we're gonna do this good deed," they're not always doing it from the bottom of their heart. They're yeah, I'm where government has to do it from the bottom of their heart as long as they do it. My thing on, is on the receiving end. This where your responsibility comes in for the individual. Whatever mm. you get, because that's one thing I love about talking with you. You always bring it back to the individual and or the yes. family. Whatever you get, if you know it's supposed to help you through a period, and if it doesn't meet all the needs, why are you going to blow it? Why are you going to blow it? And cry for something else? Because, again, yeah, we can complain all day about the military getting this, like I love complaining about that, or airlines getting this and this one getting that. But if you get X, Y, Z, and you know you get to try to take care of X, Y, Z, Whose fault is it if you don't do something? But yours. Yeah, my whole thing is this. Uh-huh. $1,200 is not enough. No, it's but not this, enough. But this would be a prime example. This would be a, a great example of like I would always, uh, I always hear people say, well, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. I think that we had one package that people was going to get, maybe in the first stimulus package, they tried to get that everybody got a thing. And give, correct me if I'm right, around $6,000. Yeah, they want to try to do what Canada's doing, 
yeah. the end of the year. They, yes, they wanted to match what Canada was doing. I said, wow. So if every working class person got six thousand, they did it right. And let's say you got six thousand, mm-hmm. I got six thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, my neighbor that was on unemployment got six thousand. And then they do a test. Okay, we're trying to flood the, you know, the economy and make sure it's the commercial good and services that we can keep America, you know, everything back to normal. Well, if everything is supposed to be back to normal, why they're still saying people are out of jobs or they're they're downsizing? My whole thing is out of those people I mentioned, and and mm-hmm. this is an African American community, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. community, I would ask myself, out of those four categories. How many people can say within a year they have at least saved a portion of that? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm saying it. They I'm took, you on that. Okay. I know. They took care of what they needed to do. Now, I ask myself, okay, six grand. What's the first thing you're going to do? I, I ask myself, what's the first thing you're going to do? Okay, I got to have a roof over my head. And bills paid. Now, I, luckily, I still got my job. Let's just say the job moved me from full time to part time. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm still getting a check coming in. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not a thousand um, every two weeks, but five hundred every two weeks. Yeah. And I got this six thousand as a as a head start. As a you know, yeah, I, got I, got little, you. I got a little nest egg. Now it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. Use that number. Yeah. I, I, I do an incident doing the first relief package. Based on the number of children that the people had, they got almost yeah. six thousand dollars, and it was exactly. and, it, and, it, and it was gone in less than thirty days. Yes, <laughs> and, and the individual it. only got twelve hundred. Yeah. Now I'll say this: some people I know that were individuals and only got the twelve hundred, mm-hmm. they haven't cashed that check yet. Mm-hmm. They still got their little job, still got part time. They still got, they still have not cashed that check yet. Yeah, I finally got my yeah. check yesterday because yeah. of business taxes. My check came yeah. in yesterday. <laughs> my yeah, they said, as as you know, anytime we get our income tax, oh, and I was, yeah. I, was, I was having coffee, you know, the bucks yeah. are the star, like people go to Starbucks, the strongest yeah. coffee in the world yeah. other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. But, um, they, they said, you know what? I was lucky enough that I still got my job. I mm-hmm. did not have to mess with my refund check and I didn't have to mess with that stimulus check. And I said, well, wait a minute. How long you have? They said, man, you got a year to the, that thing voids after a year. Yeah, more than a year. Yeah, you get 12 months yeah, on that check. Gives you a time, a time frame to say, what do I need to do with this check? Mm-hmm. Not what I want to do with it. What do I need to do with it? Mm-hmm. Hold on to it. And that's why I said, okay, like you said, people that qualify with the kids, you know, the $500 each kid. Yeah. And, um, you know, if they're married and they're under that hundred, you know, a certain amount of money. Uh, mm-hmm. Six figures. That's twenty four hundred. Let's say the kids. You got uh, five kids. So you basically five kids. That's another two thousand twenty five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You have fifty nine hundred dollars. Yeah. What the hell did you do with that money? Exactly. Especially in thirty days. What are you doing in thirty days? You don't have a place to live. I don't have a place. The people that don't have a place to live. I can't say what they did with it, but you just like I dream a genie. Like I said. With it. When I heard when I heard that when I heard that story, the story ended up they living with the people mama. <laughs> yeah. And no money for her but her money coming in. 
that's one. But that's one of the downsides of being who I am. Uh, I, I deal with some a different type of general population, and whenever I go, I collect stories. So yeah, uh, for times like these, like we talking now, it's like so, yeah, yeah. what you do. What you do with that? What you do with that money? Yeah, I think that it, I think that our government should just say, you know what, the hell with it. Let's give it this thousand, but we're gonna have to be wiser this time. We're not gonna give we're not get as money to dead people because you know we can't put them on a heart monitor, crank them back up, yeah, and let them right. so we have to be smart. But if we give this six thousand, we have to have some terms and conditions to it. Yeah, got to because I look at. The com- our, our community. I know the black community has been given slapped in the face several times. You know, mm-hmm. I heard when um, Sterling Sharp said that people say you turn the other cheek, but then you get slapped in each other. She get punched in the face. How many times mm-hmm. will turn the cheek? Mm-hmm. But in, in additional to that, addition to that is, look, one of the conditions is, uh, you know, people talk about the unemployment. And this is what got me kind of shook versus it's not about what policies we have. It's about who's in office and displays that same policy. I'll give you a prime example. We talked about welfare to work program. Mm-hmm. When President Clinton had acknowledged it in 1996, about the two years mm-hmm. job, you can get your benefits. People were mm-hmm. disgruntled. But they was like, mm-hmm. we got to do this. Now, mm-hmm. same thing happens in 2016, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Welfare to work program. What is he mm-hmm. talking about? I can't believe he displayed this. I can't believe how these Republicans. Oh, Democratic president did it in 1996. There was mm-hmm. some little bit of backlash. Hell, I don't even know comedians that joked about it. The big, great big daddy fits. God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. You look on your uh, BET, he, he joked about that, said two years, two years. That's all you got. So I mm-hmm. said, OK, when he did the welfare to work program in 96, which no president is perfect, it allowed right. people that was sitting on their backside. I'm saying this, not being lazy. I'll be fair to say that, not being lazy, but mm-hmm. understanding how to move through the system. Mm-hmm. So basically, the jig was up. You got two years, you keep all your benefits, but you got to go back to work. What mm-hmm. was wrong with putting that program into play? As we say right now, there's jobs out there. There mm-hmm. are jobs. So why not bring this reform back? Same thing. And what's the most thing people talk about? Well, it's hard with daycare. Okay, we got something for that. Mm-hmm. If you have a job, and, and you know, during the COVID nineteen, they're still hiring. They're even mm-hmm. training virtual. You, they're training virtual. You go out to class. You, everybody go to class. They're practicing social distancing. They even have ways that you can get the job. You don't have a car. Hey, we got the park bus in Green, North Carolina, but you know, other countries and I mean, other cities in this U.S. has mm-hmm. the same. You have ways that people can get to work. Mm-hmm. As well as your kids. Hey, no problem. We'll give you a voucher. That have your kids, you your kids can be in daycare, and we'll front the bill for the first two years. Mm-hmm. But you, but you're now a tax, you're a taxpaying citizen. You're working mm-hmm. every day. You're punching a clock every day. You're making mm-hmm. your own money. You're not sitting mm-hmm. at home doing nothing. Right. That right there is that would actually economy back up. It would it would actually reduce 
the unemployment. Now, I know a lot of people get on the Hispanic community, illegal immigrants. Yeah, mm -hmm. does it exist? Of course, we have tons of illegal immigrants, and not only of the Hispanic community, we have mm -hmm. immigrants of the African community. We mm -hmm. have immigrants of the Asian community. It's been seen. We have illegal immigrants of the white community. Let's not leave them out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of all, I'm about to say it's a universal, <laughs> yes, universal thing. Of the community. All you do is look at the president's wife. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Because at the end of the day, there's a way that we can reduce even through this pandemic because our governments right now is trying to figure out ways. I mean, look at how dangerous it's about to become. And I will say about to become mm -hmm. if they allow public schools to open. Oh, they're ignoring it. Did you yeah. see the video in Georgia where everyone's packing like sardines? Not Georgia. It's another... It's another these Republican states, it's Minnesota, I believe it was. In Minnesota, yeah. where these Republican governors are at, that's the only I can say Cooper really been standing his ground on so far against the, the state house. The video went viral of all these kids packing in school like sardines. And kids were calling their parents, parents were going to school, taking the kids back out. Yeah, private they, schools. No, private no, schools. no, it was, no, it was. It was Mississippi. Excuse me, Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah, but private schools. Remember, North Carolina private schools are preparing to go back to school, business oh, yeah. as usual. But I, I know of a school in Raleigh where they went back midsummer, mm -hmm. private school. They shut down two weeks later because two cases of COVID in the school. <laughs> wow. In Raleigh. Yeah. And with private schools, remember, private schools is just what it I is. Can't private remember, schools, I can't private name of the school, but my friend told me they opened up the doors and closed up two weeks later because the president said, we know the spiel. Private school. They opened up. They opened up two weeks, less than three or four weeks ago, about a month or so ago. They opened up and they shut the doors down again. Yeah, we just all just got to do a better job. We we have to. But the best job I think all of us can do personally. Mm -hmm. No, per, no president is per perfect. No government no. is perfect. I'm saying I was saying that out loud and clear. However, we have always fared better. When you had a person that had that wasn't was not narcissistic, that could empathize with other people, regardless of the Democrat or Republican, the people mm -hmm. wish George W. Bush was back. <laughs> yes, oh people, because, you know people because, are now saying, oh, he we, we have a man yeah. now who I watch give a speech, who's interviewed, and I watched the video twice to make sure I heard what he said, asking about John Lewis. I don't know him; he didn't come to my inauguration. Uh, how you feel Republican about what Rest is rest in the rest in peace, frat brother, honorable rest. He went on and on again how like how this man did not come to his inauguration. He didn't show up for his events. It was not even about. Then he went on to say that that I've done more for black people than Abraham Lincoln. I've done. There's been no one since Abraham Lincoln that has done what I've done for black people. Well, he he must have missed he must have missed out from uh, President Clinton. You know, we yeah, always uh, laugh yeah. about President the, Obama. The, 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 the interviewer asked him about the civil President rights movement and, and, and the, President John F. Kennedy. You know, the, the, <laughs> the, the interviewer the news the news interview asked him about the civil rights movement. He said, "I read a lot, but I remember reading a lot about that kind of stuff." This man is seventy some years old. He lived through the civil rights movement. Yep. But but the whole point at the end of the day, and I'm, I don't care if people say I'm, bas I'm not bashing Trump personally. I'm bashing the mentality going forward that there are no perfect people. Biden, who seems to be leading, as of today, still leading the numbers 
whether he gets it or not, the Senate looking for a possible flip. Yeah, we we don't have anyone right now. But remember, it's not about the popular vote. Huh? It's uh, it's not about the popular vote. It's about the electoral vote. It's about right. what's in. And thankfully, the Supreme Court about three weeks ago, whenever it was, they looked at that thing, said the electoral college must abide and vote accordingly. Not that stuff that shenanigans they did last time uh, with Hillary. Not, not, not where you can get there and change your mind at the last minute. Yeah. The way you're in, you're in. They ruled on that a few weeks ago. Okay. Which, and then, you know, we got the mail voting. He tweeted it out, though. That he tweeted, how do you put that tweet? I read it. It's so much of a You know, when we talk about. The, the, he said the judges were not on his side. But this is, is my thing. Court, huh? Is the president really tweeting this? That's my yeah. whole thing. I mean, if, I mean, come on. I mean, is he I'm, really tweeting this? I mean, we. All we, you got all, all to do, really? do is look at the spelling. That's how you know it's Trump. If if it's if it's a perfect tweet with perfect grammar, you know it's not the president. Yeah, but but then think about it like this: we we live in a society of fake news online. And that's the thing. I don't buy. Oh, that's that's going back to what Trump talking about. Fake news. That term, mm -hmm. you know where it came from, right? The fake news. Yeah, you know where it came from, right? I'm yep. asking. Do you know where it came from? It's from a George Orwell sci-fi sci novel. That has been coined and made popular by the president, and no one questions it. There is no such thing as fake news. There are opinions that yeah. you may that you may write or journal on according to how you feel about it, but there's no such thing as fake news. That was in a sci-fi novel. That well, you know, one well, made coined for him, <laughs> didn't he? Huh? No, didn't it, goes, it goes way back to George Orwell. That sci-fi novel, War, I think War of the Worlds, one of those things uh -huh. like that. It's one of old novels dealing with science fiction. Just like Making America Great is not new. It was first used by the KKK in the 1900s. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it sounds good as a talking point for anyone that doesn't want to read deeper. Now, yes, I, I, I'm 100%. Every news journalist, whether it's left-leaning media or right-leaning media, you write a story according to your audience and you want to sell but when it gets down to a point of dealing with people's lives, like right now with these tweets and stuff, and his information he's putting out there so much, if he tweets it, he usually gives a speech about it, and I hear it out of his own mouth. That's the downside to being president. If you don't, if you go in front of a camera and say the same thing, who said it? Am I right? But if he, <laughs> but if, but if, if this is what is taking place, then I feel that as a society, we're doomed as a race of people. Yeah, pretty, yeah fake, Facebook, for the, Facebook for the first time today pulled some of the president's information because they've been catching mm -hmm. so much flack and losing so much advertising in corporate America. Just before we got on this evening when I was fumbling around other stuff, the news that came across that Facebook today for the first time pulled something that the president said. <laughs> First time. Because wow. they've been on so much flack, they've been losing advertisers. Oh, yeah, they're losing <laughs> the sponsors. They're losing sponsors. And you remember, even as a, as a great thing like Facebook, they're still controlled. They can't do anything without those those uh, those sponsors and those advertisers. Exactly. So for the first time, for the first time, but look how long it's taking. What month is this? 
August. They've been, compla- they been getting complaints since day one. When are you going to start put, pulling this misinformation that's been verified and fact-checked? They finally pulled something. He, he went overboard with something dealing with a virus or something. He, he went overboard with his tweets. And he went overboard. And they finally pulled the thing today. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, we can only go by cross-referencing information the best we can, like we're doing now, talking about the virus, unemployment, people losing their jobs, upside, downside, money, things of that sort. But when it comes down to the end of the day, regardless of who's in power, it comes back to one one person. I'm gonna still say this. I think you you've been we've been talking about this whole time. At the end of the day, it comes back down to what we do as individuals. Yes. At our day to day life, it's up there what we do. Whether we go vote for Biden or or, or, or President Trump, we still it's still we still are the control. We we're still the master of our own fate. And, we oh, are. Yeah. And it goes back down to how this young African American could unseat this senator in the primary. I forget what play it was yesterday. Hold on a second. Uh huh. Yes, sir. Hey, can you take me down the street to my cousin? I can't. I'm, I'm going to podcast. Give me about 15 minutes. Huh? About 15 minutes, I get you. Yeah, let me see if it's going to be there. Okay. I'm sorry, man. Uh, uh, I'm y'all sorry. heard yeah. background noise. I was talking to somebody. somebody. Anyway, uh, I can't pause it. I didn't want to pause it and lose it. Um, so um, we were talking about individual responsibility. So I, I, God, I would, that's why I wish I had my laptop today because they've been a great yeah. day. It's been a great and day. And I'm that, concerned. That, that young One, guy unseated that person. I'm really concerned about the African-American community in the U.S. And perhaps I know it's in Canada. I know it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's worldwide. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really concerned. You know, you can't be no more concerned than in your own home, in, in your own backyard. Right. But that, our own backyard got to start doing something for itself in line with what we're talking about. Yeah. We got to start stepping up. It's opportunity. And, and, you know, I used to tell, you know, I came by, I was on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I was in Charlotte. I was going to see the chiropractor and I was mm-hmm. walking and I saw this sign and it was a, it was a unique sign, but mm-hmm. that, was with some force. Mm-hmm. It, it's okay to say no to panhandlers. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It was legit. And I took got my phone and took a picture of it. So when I get back to Greensboro, mm-hmm. hey, excuse me, sir, can you, I just got my, the picture and put it up on my phone and said, it's okay to say no to panhandlers. Well, I wasn't going to ask you for something. I said, well, then why are you coming up here saying excuse me for? Mm-hmm. See, you don't know... <laughs> You, you know, you don't have a car. You don't. You're not out of gas. I said so. When you saw this sign, you changed. But then I saw previously you asked that person, did they have any spare change? Mm-hmm. I said, look, times are already tough for everyone. I'm not saying mine are tougher than yours. Mm-hmm. But I said, please start giving yourself a reason to get out of the jam you in instead of always making excuses to stay in it. Because mm-hmm. there are jobs out there. It's either you choose to do it or you don't. The yeah. same way I can choose to give my money, or I don't. Well, see that for me, uh, beyond you seeing that sign, it's been very simple. If you're hungry, I'll give you something to eat, but I'm not giving you cash money. And usually no. the answer is, I appreciate that, and I go get them a sandwich or whatever. In some cases, but majority of the cases go back. To the reason that sign was made? Oh, I need the money. Oh no, I'm sorry, you didn't get my money. Yeah, uh, I worked too we'll hard. My, I worked, I worked too hard my money, but I'll but it's it. I get the drink. If you are willing and determined to get a job, 
I don't care if you if you live in a box with a with a candles and light. If somebody see you out there trying to work every day, get it, that's what trips me out. People said there's no jobs. I cannot get a job. I said yeah. no. You don't want to get a job. You don't want to get because a job. You can't tell me you're out here panhandling in front of an Arby's and the Arby's is saying, nah. you can't tell me you go into a Dollar Tree and you try to solicit out there, but it's not hiring. I've heard people say, oh, nah, man, I ain't trying to work no job. I can just sit out here and do this. So, you know me, I kindly just say, okay, I understand. And I'll say, Lala, uh, with my boy. There's, hey, there's, there's a hotel I'm not going to name. The hotel I'm not going to name. Over off Wendover, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my former Uber clients worked there, okay. Yeah. And as I was taking her to work one day, she pointed out different panhandlers on Wendover. She said they stay in my hotel. Wow. She's like, then I remember when I was at Sheets on Wendover, there's about five, six, seven, eight of them up on the shade tree, just talking and drinking and snacking. And I connected the dots. I'm like, you come out here and pretend that you can't do better for yourself, living off everybody else's money. Y'all sharing a room in this XYZ hotel. It's a good hotel. It's a real nice hotel, too. It wasn't one of them rundown spots. It's a real nice one. That y'all get two or three to a room for a suite. Yeah. But you can't do the same thing and work a regular job. Wow. She pointed out at that- least three, at least three before I got to where she worked at off of uh God, what's that street? Turn off a window to go for the hotel that that street. You talking about? Is it not Hornaday? Lanada, 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 Lanada Drive. What you talking about? Windover? Yeah, Lanada Drive. When you turn, when you turn. Okay. Oh, going out. Yeah, I I know Lanada. Okay. Yeah, I see. I know where you are. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They stay. A lot of them stay in her hotel, and and pretending they can't do better. But 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 you know what? It, it's all about those that have been there. You know, like they always, there's an old saying, don't try to play me and definitely don't try to con me. Huh. Especially if, if I've been in that situation. Well, my, have I been home? Yeah, my thing or, is, don't you realize somebody yeah. rec- recognize you maybe? That, you know? well, no, well, not even that. I've been homeless for. Yeah. I've been homeless for a week. So I know how I feel. Yeah. But, this, this but, is- I said, but the key word is, I've been homeless for a week. Right. And I myself a reason to say look uh-uh, I, I i can get me a job when you know you ask the well, employees where's your address you use your previous address but you this, keep your this here up. is these people this, this here is the panhandler's way of making their money this is their job okay like you said yeah that sign you carry not all of them but, but even, even, even the city of greensboro used to, you know we used to panhandle in greensboro greensboro will make you have to pay for a permit yeah that you had to hang around your neck. I, I you know, it's but not because like people homeless coalition came along and got a change policy change. But when it comes again, uh, yeah, I understand. We we must talk about our own community, and we must stay focused. And everything is global and everything to a certain degree, even local. Yeah. But when it comes down to the end, the end of the day, I say again, I don't care what race you are. It's about individual responsibility. You said you were homeless for a week. I live. In this boarding house, but it's helped me finally get to place where I can get rid of my own apartment. Now I'm holding off on it yeah. for another reason. But the thing is, I didn't choose. I didn't go homeless. <laughs> I did what I could do, yeah. and that's why I said to some other folks, if you don't have enough money, and I won't say it, but what I believe some people could do. 
not knowing that whole story, if you have enough money coming in to get a roof over your head, and you got to make your friends in the corner paying handle X, Y, Z, why can't y'all maybe partner up or something? If you really want to go off the street. That is, if you really want to. Because for some folks, it's a the lifestyle. So it's easy to get out there and stand in the heat all day and pretend to be something that you're not. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't see. I can't see, especially with what's happening now, right in front of all of our faces, and we look on the news, mm-hmm. and you see that people are losing jobs. You see that the you know they won't tell you that the unemployment rate is, is skyrocketing. They're just only saying oh, oh. these companies are trying to hopefully get a bailout package, or they have something with their, their that's, board. That's the Republican spiel. That's the that's the last I go back. I'm going straight up politics. That's the Republican spiel. Democrats are screaming it loudly. That that that's one thing I will give them credit for. They're screaming. Yes, it's two sides of the same coin in a certain degree. But they're screaming it loudly. Jobs are gone. People, the numbers are the numbers are off the charts. Unemployment is real. COVID nineteen yeah. is real. We need to do something. We need to do something. We need to do something. You, you know, know what I told somebody? I told a colleague last night. That I said, you know, if we don't hurry up and change, even a country can get drained dry. Exactly. Do you know? They told me, no, well, we have uh, this. I said, you don't understand. Every country, if you don't get things together, can run out of money. They can run out of ways of of assisting people. And I said, this is when it comes into the force versus willing. You can either force somebody to do something. You can force people. You know, if it's, if it's unemployment, as they say, there's unemployment because of COVID-19. That's what they're saying. And it seems like it's a conflict because you said there's unemployment because of COVID-19, but yet there's jobs available during COVID-19. And that's that's <laughs> where that's where you get your thread, thread up needle, so to speak, in the sense that there are jobs, there's massive unemployment, it's just people not willing to do what you talked about. What, what did you say earlier? Everybody don't want to take certain jobs because of XYZ? You know what you said earlier? Mm-hmm. That's, yep. the, that's where the confusion is at. Uh, I knew, I heard of one person who said that they could get a job in some healthcare facility. Okay, they wouldn't pay them almost sixteen dollars an hour, but they would involve washing dishes. I ain't washing nobody's dishes. I, wow. I, I don't mind helping with patients. I don't mind doing this. But I ain't washing dishes. That's beneath me. Mm-hmm. How's that beneath you? Are you unemployed? <laughs> black. It's a black person. Because you know why? Because we've got, I think, in the community and all over, mm-hmm. all parents. It, parents sometimes can, there's no right or wrong way to raise children. No, it's not. But there is a general guideline. It's okay to let your kids, like, hey, man, this world is real. Welcome to reality. The times get hard. Nothing is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. There are parents that try to sugarcoat too much damn stuff for their kids. Oh, I don't want my kids to see that we're going through struggling times. I say, well, perhaps sometimes if kids would see that these things are a realization, then they would be more like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe I need to leave these J's alone. Maybe I should mm-hmm. just get news that's maybe $90 instead of once $250. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or they take care of the stuff more than they have instead of just saying, oh, okay, you know, that old um, Jay-Z uh, song, um, him and uh, Jermaine Dupri, Money Ain't a Thing. Mm-hmm. Because 
right now is the time in every community, even though we got unemployment during the pandemic in the black community. And it hits us. But when you look at it, our numbers have always been worse than anybody else's. Yes. Always. always. Yeah, we they've have, been they're, they're always at the highest. I mean, and because we, and think about it, because they're at the highest, we have to be the wisest when we have opportunities that's laid in front of you. That's six hundred dollars laid in front of you for three months. Mm-hmm. You got to be wise with that. That is an opportunity. That's that you can say, okay. I can always have my head a little above water and I'm ahead of the game because of the- mm-hmm. I don't hurt anybody that loves the struggle, continues to struggle and <laughs> digs the struggle. I know people that's been in the struggle, can't stand the struggle and they get an opportunity to get out of the struggle. They stay out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I just, you know, it's it's mind boggling. It, it, it can be very frustrating and very emotionally draining if you're careful about it because uh, people get stuck in, I hate to say it, stuff on stupid is a word I like to use sometimes. You get stuck uh-huh. on stupid. But uh, anyway, I've enjoyed this this evening. I still have one more thing, a couple more things to do. Um, uh-huh. Next week's episode, let me go look at it real quick. Uh, let me find it because, uh, oh yeah, that's the one I've been waiting for. <laughs> Black Lives Matter and the Monuments. That's the one I'm really waiting for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, one, that's the one I've been waiting for. Because I did yeah, one by but... myself, and it didn't go so well. It had very low numbers hey, on it. Hey, you know what? I want you to make sure you're reminded of this, because um, I'm an avid Tommy Sotomayor fan on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I know you've heard about that Chicago rapper that just got murdered. Not really have it. No have it. <laughs> it's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. A well-known rapper um, in Chicago just got murdered. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because people are glorifying it in Chicago. They glorify these, wow. these games glorify when some and, and you know it makes me go back to my teenage years when they, you know, when uh KRS One and and all the hip hop artists in New York had this called the Stop the Violence Movement, mm-hmm. or X Clan had the Black Watch Movement, mm-hmm. trying to reduce those black on black crime. And this is just wonderful how you said that Black Lives Matter, because mm-hmm. if Black Lives really matter, what about these lives? Well, I'm not saying that these these people I'm, I'm, that's a part. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody, matter, I'm waiting for somebody to bring that up to my attention. Because there are organizations in all these cities fighting against that stuff already, following their passion and addressing those issues. The media is drowning it out to make Black Lives Matter look like they're not caring their own community. Why should you? Black Lives Matter is very issue specific. Racial injustice, systematic racism. That's the point of Black Lives Matter. Police brutality, point number two. All these other issues in the black community, they are being addressed city by city, even in Chicago. I've got white pastors and other activists in Chicago that I follow on Twitter that are on the streets dealing with this stuff. Chicago, New York, it hasn't gone anywhere. But the media don't want you to hear about that part. They want to use that as a blaming point on why you should listen to Black Lives Matter. That's that's that's, that's my, I tell you, you know what, look it up. Organizations are all over fighting black on black crime. 
fighting for better equality is even here in Greensboro, Bessemer Street. I get the emails from that church over there. The Civil Rights Church been around. King was there visiting. Can't think of the name of that church. Uh, Genesis Baptist. Uh -huh. um, these organizations are on the streets. They have they have a meetings even during COVID. They've been meeting downtown on Wednesdays periodically in the afternoon. Uh -huh. in the black community. There's a reason for Black Lives Matter to fight what's already being fought. But what they have not done is fought the systematic racism and the police brutality issue because there's never been hit hard on the head until Black Lives Matter got structured about a year or so ago. When the, behind Floyd with the spark, I would say. And that's, and that's another episode I want you to look at on Tommy Sotomayor on TNN News Raw. They have some full footage, mm -hmm. full footage of the entire George mm -hmm. Floyd situation. And I'm not talking about what the young lady had filmed. I'm mm -hmm. talking about body cam that was kept away from us. Mm -hmm. I'm, sure there's another, I'm sure there's another side to it. That link. I'm, I'm sure there's another side to it, but here's my thing. Regardless of the other side, because that's why I hate, really hate other media sources taken away from us as a people. Mm -hmm. I, no man should have an officer's neck or anybody's knee on their neck for eight minutes. That is true. I, I agree with it. I, I looked at the and, entire, and we listen, down I the entire and we, thing last night. Yeah, and, we, and I look at it and I tell people, I look at things from start to finish, how I it get, got to this I, point, not fish and pizzas. I, 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 I'm a, I'll do that as much as I can myself. But uh -huh. I get back up to the nuts and bolts of I know why the sheriff department and law enforcement sheriff department was formed in the United States of America as slave hunters. People don't know that part of black history. The, the sheriff Wait. departments, all the counties around the country, mm -hmm. they were formed to hunt down slaves and run away slaves. Of course. That's why the, the, okay. the sheriff department was formed initially. So I get all the other side pieces. But when I'm going back down to the core of it all, Floyd, Breonna Taylor, we as black people, we if we start losing focus that we are still the number one target and buying into the other side of what the media says out there, that we're no better than the, the KKK and others that hunt us down. I don't care about 100% footage showing the whole thing. I watched a black officer this morning on that was sent me a message who works for Customs System, who take her who was pulled over in Alabama. She mm -hmm. drives a thousand miles a week to work. She said only thing saved her from getting shot or pulled out of her car was she was in uniform. And she recorded the officers on uniform saying, you think you're special, don't you? Because you're in law enforcement. And she's been in law enforcement 15 years. She said they saw my uniform with my badge. And she said, anytime an officer pulls you over for following too close, that's a bogus charge because that's not even, even a legal charge. She broke all the stuff down. It's like a seven-minute, eight-minute video thing she did in Alabama. Mm -hmm. She said when they, when they opened her glove compartment to, to get the documentation, they said she needed there was a far there's a firearm land there. She said if it wasn't for her uniform, she'd been dragged out of that car as another black woman. That's oh, the, the, black so the uniform matter. protected her this time. This time. this time, but they still made their cuts, which she got on tape and reported to their superiors, who, of course, uh -huh. they're going to discipline them, counsel them, 
Because they, they call her out. So you think you something because you got a uniform and a badge on. You were for customs, don't you? They say all this stuff is being recorded. <laughs> oh, we know you're recording us. They admitted that she was recording them. They didn't care because she was another black person, a.k.a. Black Lives Matter goes back to that same thing. Racial injustice, systematic racism, it don't matter even with the uniform. Because if you can't arrest me and shoot me, you'll still say something smart to me. She was the second member of law enforcement in uniform, black, I've watched in the last two weeks, that was, uh -huh. that was that recorded the incident. So am I... So am I pro Black Lives Matter more than I ever was? But I'm also realizing there's a fake form of it out here, like the white folk that dressed up and went pretending they're members of Black Lives Matter a few weeks ago. And thanks to Black Lives Matter people, they caught them and reported them and turned them in. But guess what? They got slapped on the wrist, as usual. Yeah, so, I'm not saying everything's 100% perfect, but their cause is very specific. Systematic racism, social injustice toward us brown-skinned people. Mm -hmm. When it comes down, two things. In the black community, if you want to get involved with fighting crime and saying that this organization's all over, the organization's in Greensboro, Genesis Baptist Church, great place to start. I've been there with those folks. Sit down when they were discussing issues. They're on the street. Yeah. Uh, so you don't need Black Lives Matter to fight that fight. But as far as this other thing goes, it took, it wasn't enough for Trayvon. It wasn't enough for Breonna Taylor, who they still haven't arrested the officers yet. Probably never. Yeah. It wasn't enough for the young man who they dropped the charges on the other day of the officers killing him. It was, and, and we I, just feel like we got a lot to do. My whole thing about having a lot to do in social time. I'll say it that way. Yeah. That's where I go back to. I'm gonna say I think it'll be a great episode for us, maybe do future, is how do we start policing our own communities instead of protecting the ones that are killing it within our own communities? Does that make sense? Yeah, because our own neighborhood should not be the killing fields. Should mm. never be the killing fields. Uh, not, not on not our own neighborhoods. Uh, P research, which one sends me most of my information on retail research stuff. So. They did a survey among African-Americans about regarding the police. 81% of African-Americans want a police presence. What we don't want is police presence still killing us randomly. We don't want, like, like I told my, I finally had my talk with my sons again, reminded them. Because my mm -hmm. oldest son has been profiled, been pulled over because of the car he was driving. I've been profiled twice in the city of Greensboro, okay? <laughs> Since I've been living here the last 20-some years. I know I was profiled because when I worked for the city, I used to have my city ID in front of my driver's yeah. license. And when I got pulled over, my city ID fell out. Guess what the officer did? Oh, you work for the city of Greensboro. I'll let you go. Oh, wow. The next time I got pulled over, my driver's license fell first. Uh, let me uh, let me see a registration and stuff. Uh, I'm going to give you a citation for XYZ was wrong with my car. Last, I've been living here 20 some years. That's crazy. That, that is why Black Lives Matter is so important. Because if I had been on some country road in the middle of nowhere, like that young white guy told me about in Raleigh on my Uber run, who left law enforcement training, and I got pulled over some random spot, 
I could have went. Back, I could have went ghost. Because as he wow. told me in my trip, my Uber car, he said the train officer told him to light him up. He said, "Why? What's he done?" He said, "You see what he look like, don't you? Light him up." Mm. Two white officers and a black person, aka Black Lives Matter. But if we're going back to our own community, like they're killing the high point and stuff and killing Greensboro. <laughs> Genesis Baptist Church and others are fighting the fight, but somewhere we've lost, we have lost generations that rather kill each other than talk to each other. That's you know, true. You know? I mean, it's, it's, it's like I tell people all the time. Um, what's up with the love with, with yeah. each other? Yeah. How can we? How work can you hate yourself worse than anybody? We had, else? we we had we had a drive. We we had a shooting at High Point last Friday in broad daylight uh -huh. around three o'clock in the afternoon. Down for my job, but you know I had to get this phone and go pick this other person up from work. And thank y'all for catching this episode. Uh, it's a little bit longer than an hour. Tara and I will continue to have these conversations periodically. But catch us up next week on um, the statues and Black Lives Matter. Uh, and have a great week, y'all. Look forward to we all catch us next week, next episode. Thank you. Good night, man. Yep. And that's the next episode is going to be something that's going to be, it's going to really touch everybody worldwide. And yeah, I'm going to say this about this, and I'm going to oh, throw it out real quick. I'll, I'll give you something to think about. I don't care about really, having the statues you pull out until you change hearts, you change nothing. Of the people. I'm sorry. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna throw this out there real quick. This week. Yeah, I'm gonna, throw, I'm gonna throw this out there real quick for you to think for you to be thinking about stewarding on those folks to say. I said in my yep. first episode dealing with statues and Black Lives Matter. I don't care how many statues you pull down until you change hearts and minds, you change the thing. Yeah, because the statue is not important. It's the changing of the people. It's the changing of the yeah. people. Yeah. So that's why next week will be even more important. <clears throat> I think you, you know, what you just said is where, where I'm going at it from. To change, to find a way to change people. We ain't changing nothing. Now, y'all, they know episode. We'll go a little bit deeper than that on next week's episode. So check us out um, next Thursday, a week from Thursday. You see the episode. I'm gonna get this uploaded later, and I see you in the text. Okay. All right. Have a good night. All right. All right. See you later. Till.